morning, afternoon, or evening for wherever you may be joining us from today. Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. Dream big. Why don't you go ahead in the chat this morning and just say, dream big with me. It is such a privilege this morning to be able to kick off a brand new series here at Life Church, and uh, we're going to start to look over the next few weeks at the life of Joseph. And so, uh, Brother Rumble this morning set me up uh, in his first word for uh, the kickoff of this series. And so we're excited to see what the Word of God has to teach us over the next few weeks. I'm sure when the name Joseph comes to mind, uh, you automatically get some thoughts into your head as to the story and the life of Joseph that we're, we're going to uncover over the next few weeks. Uh, you know, any, any Bible story that Andrew Lloyd Webber does a musical for is worthy of at least one or two uh, preaching series in a church. Can I get an amen from anybody? You know, that song is in my head all morning. Go, 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 Joseph. You know what they say. Hang on now, Joseph, you'll make it someday. I don't know. That's going through my mind. I don't know if anybody else out there is into biblical musicals like I am. But, but he's known as the dreamer, the one who was betrayed. He became the slave, the wrongly accused, the innocent forgotten prisoner, unexpected success in foreign lands, savior of hungry nations, an Old Testament foreshadow of a coming Savior, Jesus. Over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about the dream, the detours, the responsibility, and the big moment. But this incredible story and the incredible life of Joseph that we're going to uncover started with a dream. And that's where today we will begin. We're going to read in Genesis chapter 37. I'm going to try my best today to set out a big panoramic of the life of Joseph for you so that you can help to kind of see where we're going to go and drill down into the details over the coming weeks. But this morning, we're going to try to paint the the big flannel graph in front of you, if you will, of the life of Joseph and the dream that started his incredible journey. Genesis 37, we'll read verses 1 through 20, and we'll be reading in the New Living Translation. You can follow along on your screen or on your device at home. So Jacob, this is Joseph's father, settled again in the land of Canaan where his father had lived as a foreigner. This is the account of Jacob and his family. When Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flocks. He worked for half of his brothers, the sons of his father's wives, Bilhah and Zilpha. But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in an old age. And so one day, Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. The old text calls it a colorful robe. Now let me just describe here at the beginning, most of you know the path that Joseph takes from this starting of the story to where he ends up as being an unexpected ruler in the Egyptian kingdom. And Really, it's a story of, as Brother Rumble talked about in his first word, 
unexpected mishaps and unexpected detours along a a life that really made no sense to Joseph. Um, But at the end of that road, Joseph entered into a, a situation that was only ever possible by God's power. He ended up in a place that he would never have dreamed about accomplishing on his own. But right from the very beginning of the story, I just want to let you know that this is a messed up family. This is a mess. Right from the beginning of the story, some of us have dreams. You know, we think about dreams. We think about the perfect family. We think about having all of our relationships and the greatest parents and the greatest siblings. But from the very beginning of this story, it's so interesting that here's Joseph seemingly in rivalry with his brothers. His parents, of his father at least, has some, somewhat made him a favorite. And it's going to cause some tension here. There were some family issues sons of four different mothers. Jacob was known as the deceiver. Joseph's own father trying to steal the family inheritance. His brothers wanted to murder him. Perhaps we have dreams of what perfect looks like, but I just want to let you know as we begin this series, the very conception of this series is formed in a a bit of a broken family situation if we're honest. But it still brought forth what God desired to do through Joseph. It still brought forth what God had intended to do with Joseph all along. And so, in verse 3 tells us, he receives this beautiful robe. And in verse 4, his brothers hated Joseph. Why? Because their father loved Joseph more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. One night, Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, he had a dream. He began to tell his brothers about it. They hated him even more. Joseph says, listen to this dream, this big dream that I had. Verse 6, he said, verse 7, he said, We were out in the field in my dream. We were tying up bundles of grain. And suddenly, my bundle of grain stood up, and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. Imagine how this would make these brothers feel. They're already in contention about the treatment that he receives from his father and this this almost self-righteous position that he finds himself in. His brothers responded in verse 8, So you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. The brothers understood perfectly the meaning of this dream that Joseph was describing. That one day Joseph would reign over them and somehow have dominion upon them. We jump into verse 9. Soon Joseph had another dream. In the chat this morning, say another dream. And he again told his brothers about it. As if that wasn't enough. He just describes a second dream. He said, the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed low before me. This time he told his dream to his father as well as to his brothers. But even this time his father scolded him and said, what kind of a dream is that? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow before you? Remember, Jacob, this was his favorite son, and even he responds in a way that might seem a little bit unacceptable unexpected. But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered, what do these dreams mean? 
Soon after this, Joseph's brothers went to pasture their father's flocks at Shechem. When they'd been gone for some time, Jacob said to Joseph, Your brothers are out pasturing the sheep at Shechem. Get ready and I will send you to them. For some reason, Joseph has stayed behind and he's not in the field. I don't know if that was special treatment or not. But he says, sure, I'll go check on them. I'm ready to go. Verse 14, go and see how your brothers and the flocks are getting along. Then come back and bring me a report. So Jacob sent him on his way and Joseph traveled to Shechem from their home in the valley of Hebron. And when he arrived there, a man from the area noticed him walking around the countryside. This man asked Joseph, what are you looking for? Joseph said, I'm looking for my brothers. Joseph replied, do you know where they are pasturing their sheep? Yes, the man told him, they have moved on from here. But I heard them say, let's go to Dothan. So Joseph, still looking for his brothers, followed to Dothan and found them there. And when Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. It must have been that coat that he received. And as he approached, they made plans to kill him. Now this is shocking. We shouldn't just let that slip by in the text. They didn't conspire to just mock him or tease him or bully him a little bit. The dreamer, that'll never come true. What does he think? They conspired to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said in verse 19. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. And I want you to catch this last part of our opening text. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. Dreams. How many online or the few of you that might be here today could attest to the fact that you're a dreamer? Maybe when you go to sleep at night, you, you, you have vivid dreams, and usually they're so weird and abstract sometimes. You, you wake up in the morning, you try to figure out what just happened in my dream. You know, do you ever have those dreams where like you're trying to walk, but like your legs won't move and like your body parts won't function? Probably it just doesn't make sense. Sometimes you wake up and you say, why was I so weird in that dream? You know, we all have dreams. Sometimes we wake up and it's almost as though it was real life and it's happening and you just can't shake it. But really, that's not the kind of dreams that we're going to talk about here today. Some of those dreams just come from eating bad food. (laughs) Undigested piece of beef. You guys get the reference? Okay, good. But Joseph received a dream. And this wasn't just any dream. And I I want to establish at the onset of this series that what we're talking about with Joseph today was a God-given dream. You see, we can have dreams of uh, what we want to do and maybe places we want to go and someone we would love to meet and come into our life. And maybe you dream about a husband or a wife one day or a career one day. These are dreams. These are our, 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 our life dreams. And there's nothing wrong with having dreams. 
But the dream that Joseph had was not a dream that he just came up with. It's not just a dream that he conspired in his own mind. But the dream that he received was a God-given dream. And if I did a survey today of the room or online, I don't imagine many of us would probably say our primary communication with God is through dreams. Now, there might be some, and I've known people who have had dreams, and they've been dreams that have no doubt been uh, inspired by, by God, and, and, and God has spoken through those dreams. But I imagine most of us would say, I don't go to bed at night and have these heavenly dreams that I wake up to and say, God told me this. Now, can he do that? Yes, he can. But understand in the word of God that the people in the Bible didn't necessarily have the Bible. And so the ways that God would show up and, and, and speak to them would be different in their day than it is today. And as God can still show up in a dream, and I'm not saying he can't, but to Joseph, God was showing up to speak something into his life in a dream. Maybe you hear from God when you pray. He puts something in your spirit. Maybe when you meditate on his word and you sit maybe in silence and, and you wait for him to speak or prompt you. Maybe when you're reading his word, there are ways that God continues to speak to us today. Maybe it is in a vision. Maybe it is in a dream. Maybe it's through a prophetic word that somebody speaks to you. But to Joseph, God was speaking and, and putting a seed into his life. He was putting a word about his future and about the plans and the pathways that he wanted Joseph to go down. This was the kind of God-given dream that Joseph experienced this day. And today, I'll just tell you the truth about dreams. You were created to dream. You were created to dream. And, and, and now hear me, I, I've just talked about life dreams and God-given dreams, and I, 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 there's nothing wrong with life dreams. I want you guys to have the biggest dreams and expectations for your life, but I want to really dig into the story of Joseph today and figure out what kind of dreams God wants us to have. Because I believe that you were created to dream god given dreams, not just life dreams. You were created to, to dream outside of what you see in the flesh, outside of what you just see in the natural, but you were designed and created to dream God-given dreams. Ecclesiastes 3 and 11 puts it like this. Yet God has made everything beautiful in its own time. If you're watching online this morning, I can see you guys in the chat. I have my phone open right here. It's so good to see you all, but I want to let each and every one of you know God has made everything beautiful in its own time. Your life, your situation, your family, your children, your marriage, it's beautiful in its own time. doesn't matter what it might look like today, but God has made it beautiful in its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. Even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. I, I always wonder about this, this scripture. He's planted eternity in your heart. He has planted things inside of you that you really can't understand. He has put inside of you the beginning to the end. Well, there is no end, but the beginning all the way into eternity to come. 
but yet we can't understand it because our brains are so small and finite. And so it's as if he's made this fertile ground for you to dream. God, what does eternity look like? God, what will eternity be like when we are together for eternity? You say that we're going to rule and reign in your kingdom, God. What does that even look like? Can I dream for just a few moments about what that means for me? God didn't, imagine having your life, you know, sometimes we want to know the end from the beginning. Imagine if you knew every day of your life until the point that you died. Yeah, some of us want that. Some of us, I just wish I knew what 20 years from now looks like. But imagine you knew every day of your life from here until the day that you drop dead. I don't know, but that doesn't seem so fun. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of room for me to dream and to wonder, God, what do you have for my life? But God planted eternity in your heart, not in your mind in a place where you understand it, but in your heart where you can dream God-given dreams. He's created the environment for dreams to survive. And life dreams are great, and I encourage you, sit down with your family and dream, but God-given dreams are even more important. For Joseph, God planted something in his heart. He put a dream in his heart. He gave Joseph a word. He communicated a word to him. But, it didn't, but he did not explain the details to Joseph. He gave him a dream, but he did not give him the details. In fact, it probably didn't make much sense to old Joe. Old Joe, he was only 17, so I guess he's not old Joe. He's young Joe. It probably didn't make much sense to Joseph. He was the youngest in the family out of his brothers, which means that he is the last person in line for any sort of power or wisdom of dominion in the family. You know, he's not even the oldest brother. He's the youngest brother. Joseph probably received this dream and said, I don't know what that even means. Like those weird dreams you wake up from and say, it just did not make sense what happened in my mind last night. God, what does this mean? The, the, the sheaves of wheat of my brothers will bow down to me. It doesn't make sense. He planted a word, but he didn't give him the details of the fulfillment of that dream. And for many of us today, whether you're watching on Facebook or you're on YouTube this morning, this can be the hard part. We know what God's word has said to us. You were in a time of prayer and God put something in your heart, maybe about a family member, maybe it was about a marriage, maybe it was about a situation, and, and, and you got a confirmation from God that he's going to bring you through it that he's going to work it out, that there's going to be a healing, that there's going to be provision, that there's going to be a dream come true. Maybe a ministry will unfold. Maybe he's spoken that you have a, a call into missions work and he will place you in a foreign land to speak his word and you just don't know the details. You felt that word, you received that word, but it just hasn't happened. This is the hard part. I've been reading the Bible plan, Pastor Steve, and I read those words in Scripture, and some of those things are so uplifting, those promises and those great truths. But my life looks like this. God's given a word, 
but I don't understand how it can be fulfilled in this. It doesn't make sense. For Joseph, it didn't make logical sense. He wasn't the one to get the blessing out of the family. He wasn't the one to have the power and authority and dominion over his family. But when God speaks to you, when he speaks to you, or speaks to someone in your family, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what makes sense. It doesn't matter what your situation looks like. It doesn't matter what's the logical thing to happen. Because when God speaks to you, when he gives you a God-given dream, it is his word. And as Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. They're plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and to give you a future. God knows plans for your life that you don't know about. And so when he gives you a dream, it might not make sense. When he gives you a promise in his word that you've been holding on to and life doesn't seem to make sense, doesn't mean it's the wrong dream. It doesn't mean he mixed it up. Because God knows the plans that he has for you. And I think in today's story, this is what Joseph's dream means to us. I, I can't stand here today and say this series all about dreaming big things and, 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 and God's going to give you the best car you could drive and he's going to, I pray you dream for a vacation home and I pray you dream for this and that and he will bring it to pass. That's not what the, the dream that Joseph received was all about. He didn't receive that kind of life dream, but he received a dream to something he could never accomplish with his own two hands. He, a God-given dream is not something that you can do apart from God. A God-given dream is only possible when God brings it to pass. The story of Joseph tells us less about fulfilling our life dreams and more about the fulfillment of God sized dreams this was not a dream originated by Joseph but it came from God God put it in his spirit he put it in his mind it didn't make sense it wasn't logical brought it to his brothers brought it to his parents I don't know if he brought it to his brothers and his parents to rub it in or if he was just genuinely confused guys this doesn't make sense even his dad wondered what it meant sometimes God dreams don't make sense your life doesn't look like the life in which that dream was to be deposited. Your life doesn't seem to be the life in which God could make that happen in. Let me just lay out a quick synopsis of the story of Joseph for you here. I, I, again, this is a big panoramic view just so you can see the pathways that he walked through. So Joseph, he went out to find his brothers in the field and the brothers saw him in the distance and they planned to kill him. But Reuben, Joseph's older brother, prevented them from executing that plot. Nevertheless, they still sold Joseph as a slave to traders going to Egypt, who in turn sold him to Potiphar, an assistant to the pharaoh of Egypt, the, the most powerful ruler in the known world at that time. This doesn't sound an awful lot like the dream, God. The rest of the brothers returned home to tell their father that Joseph was dead, producing his multicolored coat which they have dipped in goat's blood as proof. While in Egypt as a slave, God was with Joseph and he helped him to do everything right. In fact, it was all well with Joseph as he found favor before Potiphar, which was a high up ranking leader in, in, in the Egyptian kingdom. 
But the ugly side was that Potiphar's wife repeatedly tried to seduce Joseph. And eventually Joseph landed in prison when Miss Potiphar accused him of rape because he did not yield to her amorous demands. Doesn't sound like the dream. In all of this, God was still with Joseph. So much so that his interpretation of the dreams of Pharaoh's former butler and baker, who became Joseph's prison inmates, facilitated Joseph's own rise to power in Egypt. The butler who was restored to the service according to Joseph's prediction forgot his promise to Joseph. You see, when Joseph was in prison with the butler and the the, the baker, they found out that Joseph knew something about dreams. And Joseph interprets the dream for one of the butlers who, we don't know why he was in prison, but he was Pharaoh's butler and he's in prison and he interprets the dream for the butler and this interpretation of the dream that gets basically the butler out of prison and, and, and the butler, Joseph says to the butler, when you leave, remember me, tell Pharaoh what, what I can do. But even in that, Joseph was forgotten. For two years, he was forgotten about in that prison. Doesn't seem like the dream. These dreams paved the way for Joseph to be brought to the palace to interpret two renowned dreams of Pharaoh. One in which seven sickly cows devoured seven healthy cows. And a parallel dream in which seven sickly ears of grain devoured seven lush ears of grain. Joseph interpreted them to mean that there will come seven years of great plenty in the land. Followed by seven years of famine. And all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. The famine will consume the land. Impressed by Joseph's knowledge, Pharaoh, hearing the interpretations of Joseph's dreams, appointed him a prime minister or governor, a position next in command to Pharaoh. Thus Joseph became fully in charge of storing food for the upcoming hard times. So when the famine affected his family in Canaan, Joseph's father sent for the brothers to buy food in Egypt. When the famine came, the only place that there was food was in Egypt. And so Joseph's brothers... And his father arrived. On their arrival, they were brought before Joseph, who recognized them immediately, even though they did not recognize him. It was after some 20 years that they had sold him into slavery. Incidentally, not even really knowing what they were doing, they all bowed to Joseph, just as he had dreamed they would. You see, the fulfillment of a God-given dream will put you on a God-given journey. Let me say that again. A God-given dream will put you onto a God-given journey. God-given dreams are not what you can accomplish on your own, but it will put you onto a God-given journey. You will end up in places that you may never have thought that you would go because I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. I'll say it again. Joseph's life tells us less about fulfilling our own dreams and more about the fulfillment of God-given dreams. You see, Joseph never dreamed his brothers would want to kill him. Joseph never dreamed of being a slave sold by his brothers. Joseph never dreamed of being falsely accused of rape. Joseph never dreamed of being forgotten in a prison for two years. But Joseph also never dreamed of being the second most powerful man in Egypt. Joseph never dreamed of being the minister of agriculture for the most powerful nation in the world. Joseph never dreamed of saving the world through, from a famine through his position of power. Joseph most likely never dreamed that his family would be restored. But God's dream for Joseph was bigger 
and better and greater than any dream that he could come up with on his own. It didn't make sense to Joseph, but God had a divine plan. And I want to tell you, anyone who's listening today, that there are God-given dreams that God wants you to uncover in his word and through times of prayer and through times of devotion. He wants to speak things into your life that for you might not make sense, but he has a divine plan for your life. You see, a focus on our life dreams can be dangerous because we make the fulfillment of our dream the most important thing. We make it an idol. We think of Jesus as a way to just accomplish our dream. We make him an actor in our story. But a God-given dream is something that you cannot accomplish without God. Joseph could have fixated his mind on this dream being a way that he could have power over his brothers and over his parents and maybe get back and have some revenge over uh, the the fact that his brothers didn't like him. And hey, I'm going to show you how much better I am than you, dad. You, you, You crooked man who tried to steal the family inheritance. This is my opportunity to get my myself ahead. He could have lived his life just trying to accomplish that one thing that he could do. And the whole time, miss out on the journey that God wanted him to go on. Could have been easily frustrated that he could not fulfill the dream the way he thought it was supposed to be. He went into the pit. He went into Potiphar's place. He went into the prison. All before he went into the palace. God kept moving Joseph from place to place. Place to place. Watching his response in every situation. And he saw that Joseph was faithful. He was faithful. Joseph had the understanding that he had a dream. He had a word from the Lord. He had a promise from God. And I don't understand why I'm in the pit. I don't understand why I'm in this prison. I don't understand why I'm being wrongly accused. But I'm just going to be faithful to the dream that I've been given. I'm going to be faithful to understand that God will bring it to pass in his own time and in his own way. Joseph tells us a lot about how God fulfills his word. One word, he's faithful. God's word is faithful. Doesn't matter the circumstances, the word that he gives us, he is faithful. The brothers were determined to defeat God's revealed word to Joseph. But God's word cannot fail. Let's go back to just our, our, a couple of verses from our opening text. Text. Genesis 37, 19 and 20. Look what the brothers said. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. Remember what they said. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. Notice they wanted to kill him. To stop the fulfillment of the dream. They wanted to kill him to stop the word of God from coming to pass in his life. They wanted to destroy not simply because he was their brother and they were upset at him. But they wanted to destroy the dream that he had been given. The word that he had received. That seed that God planted into him. Your dreams can position you for conflict. 
Your dreams can position you for conflict. Joseph's brothers were the dream killers. They wanted to stop God's revealed word. They wanted to stop his plan. The extent that these brothers went to is surprising to me. Beware of people who want to stop God's word from coming to pass in your life. Sometimes it's a challenge. God's doing something in your life. He's, he's turning a new chapter. He's opening a new page in a book of your life. And, and things seem to be going well. But all of a sudden, it seems like you're up against conflict. It seems like maybe there's some people around you who want to silence the dream. They want to silence the work and the word that God started in your heart. Your dreams can position you for conflict. But here's the great truth today, is that God's word does not fail. God's word cannot be stopped by your dream killers. God's word cannot be stopped by the devil who wants to destroy your dreams. Bottom line, what God said about Joseph is true and would come to pass. And what God says in his word about you is true and will come to pass if we are faithful to follow him each and every day. Stop looking around at who's trying to kill your dream because they can't do it unless you let them. They can't do it unless you give them the power to be the voice that drowns out the word of God, the people of God speaking life into you. Your dreams might position you for some conflict. What does your God-ordained, God-given dream look like? What does your God-given dream dream look like you say oh pastor i don't know if i've ever had a god-given dream dreams are found in times of prayer dreams are found in times of fasting and meditating upon the lord dreams are found in his word he speaks in all sorts of ways to us today i just found some scriptures that in his word that I just go back to time and time again when I'm looking for those God-given dream moments in my own life. Psalms 34, 9 and 10. Fear the Lord, you his godly people, for those who fear him will have all they need. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack for no good thing. I would love to just go to bed at night and have a dream where I don't lack for nothing. Well, God's given it to us in his word. Joshua chapter 1, 8 and 9. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Then, only then, will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What it be like in 2021 to know that the Lord is with me wherever I go. To have a dream that I don't have to worry. I can be strong. I can be courageous because the Lord goes with me. Well, church, it's here in his word. He's already given us the dream. Malachi, we've been praying this open heaven prayer and I thought it was just fitting to pull this in 
Malachi 3, 10 to 12. We've been saying it almost every week. That open heaven prayer. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. God says, you bring me your tithe into the storehouse. Try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out such blessings. What a dream it would be to go to sleep at night and dream about the windows of heaven. My goodness, being opened up in my life and so much so that there's no room for my life to contain the riches and the blessings that God's pouring out. Well, he's given it to us in his word. Verse 11 said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit in your field. All the nations will call you blessed for you are a delightful land. Isaiah 26 and 3 You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Wow. In the world that we live in right now, what it would be like to have a dream like that. To know with certainty that he will bless, that he will pour out his blessing upon me, that he will keep me in perfect peace. But you say that those dreams, they don't make sense. Look at my life. Look at the situation I'm in. Those dreams don't make sense. The dream didn't make sense to Joseph when he received it. But the dream will put you on a journey. And the journey will put you into a place where you will eventually understand the fulfillment of the dream. Today, it might not look like what it says in scripture. You might say, my my storehouse isn't full. My mind isn't in perfect peace. I don't trust in you completely. Notice the direction of each and every one of these verses that we just read. The direction of these verses, the very first thing that they do is they point our direction to God. Fix your mind on me and I will keep you in perfect peace. Bring your tithes into the storehouse and try me and I will pour out my blessings. Study this book. Meditate on it. Only then will you prosper and succeed. Our first position needs to be pointing ourselves towards God because He is the fulfiller of the God-given dreams that He lays out for us in His Word. You say, well, pastor, now you sound like the dreamer. You don't understand reality. I get it. There's dreams and there's reality. But our God-given dreams allow us to deal with today's reality and not forgetting that God is with us. Let me say that again. You might be going through reality today. Marriage is broken. Children are away from God. Body is sick. Money is in short supply. Peace is gone. Anxiety is here. That's reality for some of us today. That's reality for some people who are logging on right now online. That is reality. God-given dreams take us on a God-given journey. And the journey today might not look the way that you want it to. There's three times in scripture that I think we should look at about Joseph. On his journey. Genesis 39 and 2 said. The Lord was with Joseph. 
And he was a successful man when he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Where? On the journey. Where? He's in the house of his slave master, the Egyptian. He says the Lord was with Joseph. Yes, there is reality that Joseph was sold into slavery. Didn't make sense. But the Lord was with Joseph and he was successful. 39 and 21 says, But the Lord was with Joseph and he showed him mercy and gave him favor. Where? In the sight of the keeper of the prison. You mean on the journey there was a prison? There was a prison. And for over two years Joseph was in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph on the journey. And he showed him mercy and gave him favor along the way. 39 and 23 says, Because the Lord was with him, whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Everywhere that Joseph landed, he didn't take it personally. He didn't overreact to his situation. He almost acted like he forgot where he was. And the Lord was with Joseph. No matter where you are today, It could be a prison or you could be sitting in the palace. The Lord is with you. And my question for you is what God-given dream are you ready to receive? What God-given dream are you ready to continue believing for? Maybe you gave up on it a long time ago, but today I want you to be refreshed that God still has a dream for you. In His Word, there are riches to unfold in your life, and you might not think that it would make sense for the kind of person you've been or where you are in life today, but God is with you on the journey He is there when you're in the prison. He's there when you're enslaved. He is there every step of the way. See, I don't want to be on the the journey. I want to be at the destination. Are we there yet? Can't wait till November starts calling out in the back of the car. Are we there yet? Honey, just enjoy the drive. Isn't it nice to sit in the car and just drive? Apparently not. He was on a journey. Think the whole time he was on the journey. He started out as a herdsman. He started out tending his father's flock. He ended up as the second most powerful ruler in the most powerful kingdom of the time. That's a pretty big disparity. A herdsman to be in the minister of agriculture in the middle of a famine. I'll just tell somebody this today. Trust the process. Trust the process. Joseph was in a time of development. Joseph was in a time where he might not have understood why he had to go through the pit, why he had to go through betrayal, why he had to go to the prison, but he was in the process. The process was teaching him something. It was in Potiphar's house where he learned leadership, management skills. He learned about Egyptian culture. He didn't know why he was there, but God did. He knew that he would need those skills later to unfold and to accomplish the dream that God had put in him. When he was in prison, he learned how to serve others. Didn't know why he was there, but God did. He knew that he would need that skill later when he was serving nations. There is a reason for every situation that we find ourselves in. Pastor, perhaps it will be talked about on Wednesday night in 
we talk in Romans 8, 8 and 28, all things work together for the good. All things that we go through work together for good to those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. Are you dealing with reality today? What is your current reality today? What are you going through? What loss are you experiencing? What difficulty is life taking you through? What has COVID done that has deflated your God-given dreams? I don't know what you're experiencing, but I want somebody today to remember that God has a plan for you. And today you can trust in the process. And you can trust in it because His Word never fails. His Word never fails. Joseph learned that His Word never fails. Even when I don't understand it, even when I can't figure out what you're trying to do, your Word never fails. It was 22 years after he first received a dream that he saw the fulfillment of that dream. And I think he saw it in a way that he never saw coming. He had a dream where he saw his brothers bow down to him. And, you know, at first glance, that seems pretty small. I'm going to end with one scripture this morning. Jump down to Genesis 41, 56 and 57. You see, Joseph's brother and family showed up in Egypt when the famine hit. They didn't recognize Joseph many, many years later. They didn't probably have any idea that Joseph would end up in the position that he did. And they arrive and the story tells us that they bow before him thinking he's just a, a member of Pharaoh's kingdom and this is what you do when you're in Pharaoh's kingdom. And in that moment when his brothers bowed down to him, there was a fulfillment of a lifelong dream that was put into Joseph's heart. But what I find interesting is when I look at Genesis 41, 56 and 57, it says that the famine was over all the face of the earth. And Joseph opened all the storehouses. See, he'd been planning for this. He had learned some skills on the journey that had helped him prepare for the famine of the land that was coming. And he began to sell the food to the Egyptians because the famine became severe in the land of Egypt. And in verse 57, so all countries came to Joseph in Egypt to buy grain because the famine was severe in all lands. See, Joseph received a dream that his brothers would bow. But what Joseph ended up experiencing was far bigger, was far bigger than he could ever have imagined. He literally saved nations. He saved nations from destruction because he was faithful in the process. He hung on to the word of God, even when it didn't seem like it would make sense. And when it finally, when the dust finally settles, yes, his brothers bowed to him, but it was so much more than that. It was about saving nations of the world. 
And I want to tell you today that God may have put a promise in you, a word in you, a hope in you, but it is so much bigger than you even think it is. He put a seed of something in you, a seed of promise. But when it finally comes to pass, it'll be far more than you could ever imagine. My last point to you today is this. Keep the dream alive. Keep the dream alive. Joseph's last, his brother's last words to Joseph was let's see what will become of his dream. And my words to you this morning is let's see what will become of your dream. Pray that God would help us today to see his dream for you. The person on the the, the stream today who's feeling broken, who's feeling like they've been left behind, who's been feeling like they've they've just wasted one too many tries at this thing called Christian life. I pray that God would help you to see the dream that he has for you today. In a minute, we're going to pray. And we're going to pray for faithfulness in the process. God, help me to be faithful in the process. The place that you have me right now today. Teach me. Teach me. Teach me. Equip me for what will come to pass in the season ahead. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message spoke into your life, your heart, or whatever situation you may be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram and on Facebook, just search Life Church and you will find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. Now, before you go, we ask if possible from whatever platform you may be listening to us on, give us a rating or a review or even both and share this message with someone so that they can be impacted by the gospel of the love of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your support and love you all. Have a wonderful week and God bless.